Welcome to the Activist Insight Podcast, a segment that takes you through the top shareholder activism stories as told by Activist Insight Monthly. I'm Ilana Duray, a financial reporter with Activist Insight, and this week we're asking, how did Judah Value Activist Fund achieve triple-digit performance this year? Why is Acadia Healthcare vulnerable to an activist investor in the near to midterm? What makes Spruce Point Capital Management think Maxar Technologies is worth 57% less than its current share price? But first, a look at shareholder activism in the healthcare sector, which is flourishing as activists provide a boost for dealmaking. Our cover story explores the trends surrounding this sector and highlights some of the most notable healthcare campaigns this year. The number of healthcare companies publicly subjected to activist demands in 2018 has so far reached 74, slightly ahead of the 72 targeted during the same period last year. In the past two years, the sector has expanded its share of activist activity from 8% to 10%, and competitive and regulatory pressures will likely keep its companies under pressure. Joining us today is Activist Insight Editor-in-Chief Josh Black here to tell us about the intricacies of activism in this space. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the show. For this piece, you spoke to a handful of activists and advisors who hinted that activists are fishing for healthcare deals. Why is M&A so popular in the sector? Hi, Alana. Thanks for having me back on the show. Uh, so historically, there has been a lot of M&A in the health sector, and that's something that has attracted activists. And if there are companies that arguably should consolidate, then, you know, why not push for it? So you have a a highly regulated industry and therefore the barriers to entry are pretty high. There has been historically some pressure on R&D. So you don't want to look like you're spending a lot more on research than your competitors. And therefore, where is the growth going to come from? It's going to come from buying new products, extracting cost efficiencies and uh, taking them to a bigger market. And I think that's true of both pharmaceuticals and medical devices. Arguably, hospitals are a little bit different, but we can leave that there. Uh, some of the activists I spoke to were of the view that this was a good sector to be in. It's relatively defensive because healthcare spending is always growing. Uh, there's modest leverage and valuations in the sector, so the risks of getting burnt are really not as high. Um, in some sectors, you know, smaller biopharmaceuticals, uh, you really have to know your stuff. In medical devices, you can gain a lot from industry analysis and stuff, and you can anticipate the next waves. And There have been plenty of buyers in the space over time, you know, Valiant Pharmaceuticals before it crashed in 2015, it was renamed Bausch Health, uh, was a big buyer of these companies and um, you, you could be reasonably sure of getting taken out at a premium. Within the sector, which industries have seen the most activity so far this year and why? So the biggest industry within the healthcare sector has been biotech historically. About 31% of campaigns year to date have been in that space and that hasn't changed a huge amount. Uh, Slightly behind that is medtech and then pharmaceuticals amounts for about 25%. These are companies that Anyone from Carl Icahn, who has historically had some healthcare specialists working for him, uh, to Alex Denner at Sarissa Capital, who was one of Icahn's healthcare specialists before spinning out on his own, to Voce Capital, smaller activist funds that 
and even non-activist funds who will kind of be venture capitalists in the space and will get frustrated with the slow pace of change at a portfolio position like Venbio. Those are the kind of activists that have operated in this space. By far the smallest industry to be targeted is hospitals. We have seen some activity around tenant healthcare in the US and um, in India, there was a, an interesting situation involving Fortis Healthcare, where some international funds said, you know, the company is not running its uh, strategic review fairly and needs to reopen the bidding, which it did. That was quite a rare uh, instance of activism in India. So interesting that that would crop up in the, the hospital space. Has there been any immunity for large cap firms in the space? Yeah, so unfortunately not. Obviously, large caps are somewhat harder for activists to target, but um, there has been no shortage of large cap activism in the space. Obviously, I mentioned Valiant slash Bausch Health. Allegan has been a very high profile target this year. They have a, a kind of superstar CEO in Brent Saunders who has really led the fight back against cuts in R&D. And this year, Appaloosa investment management and senator investment group kind of ramped up the pressure and said you know maybe you need a new chairman to counter some of saunders ambition maybe you need to rethink the open science r&d approach they haven't so far nominated anyone they haven't uh, even indicated that they are preparing a proxy contest so i think it's really just Uh, a shot across the bow to say, you know, improve your performance or you may become vulnerable. What are some of 2018's most notable campaigns? So the biggest campaign of the year was Cigna and Express Scripts, which was uh, a health insurer in the US buying a pharmacy benefits manager, also in the US. And Carl Icahn, very late in the day, said that he didn't like that deal. He said that there were a lot of risks involved, you know, potential entry of Amazon into the pharmacy uh, fulfillment space, uh, regulatory risk around PBMs uh, and so on, and said that Cigna was overpaying and should duck out of the deal. Uh, Glenview Capital Management is a long-term shareholder in both companies and said, actually, we like the deal. Uh, I understand that other activists looked at the deal and said that they believed it was worth doing. Both proxy advisors came out in support and Icon dropped his campaign. Natus Medical was another one worth looking at. It's kind of much smaller company, but Voce Capital, uh, led by J. Daniel Plants, which has been very active in this space, took a stake, launched a proxy contest, won two seats. Uh, subsequently, the chairman and the CEO were both replaced. So a very successful campaign there and interesting because they tried this new tactic of putting a non-binding proposal on the ballot asking for the removal of the chairman who wasn't actually up for election. Uh, that didn't succeed you know, at the ballot but uh, in effect they got what they wanted soon after. So it has been an interesting year, perhaps not the most exciting year in the space but having seen the healthcare space become more prominent in activism and with all kinds of concerns around valuations. I think it's something that we probably want to keep a lookout for in 2019. Thanks for being here, Josh, for our next report. 
Judah Value Activist Fund is one of the few Asian investors that makes money by urging controlling families in the Hong Kong and Singapore markets to think in terms of shareholder value. The activist, which is up 102% in the eight months through August, found success in the two public campaigns it launched since its inception in July of last year. Judah's founder, Roland Thing, told Activist Insight Monthly that he aims to initiate promising engagements with his holding companies, a feat he deems positive activism. For me, it's very straightforward. I have a proposal, I table it, all right? If they don't like it, I just walk away. But if they like it, you know, then we, in a way, it's like we form a partnership and then um, we just work together. Judah's first public campaign at Hong Kong-listed coal miner Agritrade Resources started on shaky ground. The company was skeptical about Thing's approach because management believed he was a hostile activist. The executives only began to accept Judah after they heard Thing's proposals, which included leveraging the company's balance sheet and hiking production at the company's Indonesian coal mines. Shares in the company have skyrocketed more than 230% over the past year. Judah's latest campaign is at Ramba Energy, an Indonesia-focused oil and gas company listed in Singapore. The firm is suffering from an unprofitable oil unit, but Judah believes a turnaround is possible. The activist will join the company's board as Ramba embarks on a new strategic plan. Think acknowledges that the Japan and South Korean markets are ahead of their Singaporean and Hong Kong counterparts. However, he is optimistic about his target areas, noting that a lack of activism creates bigger opportunities for his fund. The reason why I set up uh, my, my fund is because of the fact that as of now, it's almost non-existent. That the truth is there are many low-lying fruits where activist fund managers like me can make money from. But of course, um, once there are more and more campaigns, um, then of course my targets will start to shift right to uh, other parts of Asia or even into the bigger uh, companies. While working to improve the mental health status of its patients, Acadia Healthcare has neglected to fix its own well-being. The stock has lost more than half its value over the past three years. Activist Insight Vulnerability predicts Acadia is ripe for an activist attack, ranking the mid-cap firm in the 99th percentile of companies most vulnerable to an activist investor in the next nine months. Specifically, an activist can push Acadia's management to sell the firm to a larger player that is willing to pay a premium. Jeffrey's analysts wrote in August, that Acadia is worth about $53 to $55 per share in a leveraged buyout, a nearly 50% to 55% premium to the share price September 18th. Alternatively, an activist may urge the company to spin off or sell its UK segment, which is lagging US operations despite a recent spree of acquisitions. Once the UK business is sold, Acadia can refocus its efforts on growing the U.S. division, which is currently exploring new opportunities to provide relief from the opioid crisis. An activist could encourage the company to acquire more facilities in the U.S., as the demand for acute mental health and addiction capacity continues to increase, providing the company with an area of growth moving forward. Spruce Point Capital Management has accused many companies over the years of misleading accounting. Maxar Technologies is the latest to fall under its forensic gaze. The short seller accused the space and geospatial intelligence company of exaggerating its finances and confusing its records so that shareholders were unable to uncover the truth about its origin. Maxar was formed after McDonald Detweiler bought Space Systems Laurel in 2012 for $875 million. 
Spruce Point claimed the deal was a scheme to cover both companies' past financial problems. Maxar disputed the accusations, contending the short seller made unspecified, inaccurate, and misleading statements about aggressive accounting practices for profit. The company also said its audit committee has undertaken a, quote, thorough review of its financials, concluding there were no material errors in the firm's previously issued financial statements and disclosures. Beyond the balance sheet, the short seller attacked Maxar's management team, claiming that they were not reliable. Maxar, in response, touted a handful of new business opportunities aimed at turning around the company. But Spruce Point was unimpressed. The short seller expects the company's stock to decline 57%, sharing its prediction with Activist Insight Monthly. We continue to believe that Maxar will have difficulty meeting its financial targets and its dividend remains at risk of being cut or eliminated, the short seller said. And now, for a couple of stories that didn't make it into the magazine. After a months-long battle, Comcast has emerged victorious in the bidding war for Sky. The British broadcaster accepted Comcast's $40 billion takeover offer after a heated weekend auction. Comcast has offered £17.28 per share for Sky, outbidding 21st Century Fox's proposal of £15.67 per share. A few days later, Fox agreed to sell its 39% holding in Sky to Comcast. A spokesperson for Charity Investment Asset Management, a French activist investor, said the fund is happy with Comcast's offer price. CM CEO Catherine Brigal told Activist Inside Online in early September that she believed Sky was worth £17 per share. Elliott Management, which recruited investment bank Greenhill & Co. to help persuade the takeover panel that the floor price for the auction should be £15 per share, exited the stock shortly after Sky accepted Comcast's bid. Sky is urging its remaining shareholders to vote for Comcast's offer by October 11th. German Industrials giant Thyssenkrupp is planning to split in two by spinning off its capital goods unit, which includes elevators and production line construction. The move came after activist investors Elliott Management and Sevian Capital pressured Thyssenkrupp to loosen its conglomerate structure and give its business segments greater freedom to innovate. Shares in the company rose 10% on the news. An Elliott spokesperson did not have an immediate comment on the plans, but Sevian's founding partner, Lars Forberg, told Activist Insight Online in an emailed statement that he was pleased with the move. This strategic decision is an important step to tackle the underperformance of the past, he said. The 13 billion euro fund has an 18% stake in Thyssen Group and has had a director on its supervisory board since 2015. Under the plans, Thyssen Group will spin off a new company called Thyssen Group Industrials. The remaining business will focus on materials and will include the joint venture with Tata Steel. Thyssen Group said the separation, which requires supervisory board and shareholder approval, will take 12 to 18 months to complete. That's all for this month's episode of the Activist Insight Podcast. If you like what you hear or want to read more, you can subscribe to Activist Insight Monthly by emailing subscriptions at activistinsight.com. For comments or questions about the podcast, or if you want something discussed on a future edition, please email press at activistinsight.com. I'm Ilana DeRay. Thanks for listening. <laughs>